Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Chanel's Language Learning Journey Podcast with me, your host, Chanel Patrice Hancock, here in Akron, Ohio, where it's raining today. There's no snow outside. It's melted. But trust and believe it's Ohio weather, so we're going to get more and more snow as the week goes on. However, right now, I thought I would record an episode for you guys episode 133. Um, I want to thank the sponsors of the show, Anchor. Without you guys, I wouldn't be able to do not one, but two different podcasts. So thank you to you guys. And thank you for making it accessible for people that use screen readers, such as VoiceOver, NVDA, and JAWS for Windows. Um, For people who are legally blind, um, and completely blind, it helps us be able to create podcasts that people can relate to from around the world. So thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, now let's get cracking, as my British friends would say. Um, today's episode is pretty much about Proficiency in a language and what that means. Because honestly, proficiency is the amount of information that you know within the target language. Fluency is how well the language flows out of you when you're speaking it. Um... There is a European language framework scale, the CEFLR scale, and it goes from A0 to C2, which means you know absolutely nothing to be an expert in that language to the point where you could work in that language as a lawyer or an accountant or you could direct a movie speaking the language. Um, you know, you could teach in an academic setting using the language, and you have no problems with paraphrasing. You have no problems with summarizing what you want to say to people. Your writing is excellent. You pretty much can pass as a complete native speaker without being native. And to be honest with you, a lot of people want to get to native level. And I kind of have my own thoughts about that because I'm a native English speaker of American English and I'm African American. I live in Ohio, which is the Midwest. And even native speakers make mistakes in their own language. You know, there's some people that are good at English and they're good at writing and reading and they're good at speaking, you know, giving oral presentations, etc. But when it comes down to the L2 language, you know, they might be better at the grammar or they might be better at the vocabulary or they might be better at understanding what they hear in speaking. Or it might be the opposite, you know, writing and reading might be their strongest way of communicating with people. However, 
um, a person can come close to being native and still not be native because they didn't grow up in the country for which they learned their target language. They may have learned it at school or they might have learned it independently or with a tutor, etc. But at the same time, it's a very sticky balance act when you're trying to pretty much achieve something that can be achieved but can't be achieved because you'll always be a foreigner speaking someone else's language. You're not from Mexico, so you're not speaking Spanish from Mexico. You're you might have a high proficiency level in the language in regards to speaking and understanding what the person is saying to you, but you're always going to get tripped up with some phrase that you haven't learned yet. And you can talk all day in the language until the cows come home, but you're not native. And a lot of people have a tendency to assume I need to be fluent. I need to be native. And I, And I said, well, you'll never be native because you weren't born in that country. You were not, um, you know, you didn't grow up around people and have those types of experiences that other people would have if they had lived there since birth. And I think a lot of people have a problem with that when I say that because their idea of native is like C1, C2. And I don't try to put myself in a category where I say I want to be at a mastery level in this language. If I can communicate with someone, for example, on politics, fashion, food, sports, and I can understand what you're saying, and I'm putting over 5,000 hours, which is over a little two and a half years, almost three years into the language by listening and speaking because that's my preference of learning. Um, because I'm not a visual learner. Um, I, that's me. That's something that I enjoy doing. I used to be like most people where I want to speak like a native. And I had to realize I'm not a native of that country. So as hard as I want to work at it, I can do that till the cows come home. But I'll be wasting a lot of time trying to pursue a goal that's not obtainable for me personally. Now, some people may say, well, Chanel, you're wrong. Chanel, you can't become natively, you know. Yes, that's if you're doing one language at a time. You're spending about two or three years on it. You're speaking it all day. You're listening to audio material and reading books and writing longhand. But at the end of the day, the people that I speak to, the people that I've interviewed over the years, and the people I talk to today, they say, well, I don't read and write in the language. I speak the language. I'm fluent in it because it's my first language. I grew up with it. It's my heritage language. And so, therefore, I just want to speak. I don't care to read and write because it's not going to get you anywhere unless you're in an academic setting or a work environment. And if you're just wanting to communicate every single day, what's the point? I'd rather have more information in my head 
about what I want to talk about as opposed to I need to write this down with a pen or paper or I need to type this out on my keyboard on my phone or tablet or my laptop for instance and that's great but not everyone's going to write everything down um you can become proficient in the language by doing a lot of reading and listening and it also depends on what topics you want to really focus on you know you're not going to want to know oh, i need to know this for you know like i need to fix my tv in korean so okay so buy tv from asia let's see if they have the instructions in korean instead of going to the english side trying to learn the vocabulary for the korean side in korean and that way you'll be able to fix your own um you know tv or you'll be able to put together your own tv stand as an example these are things that people can do in order to be able to be more proficient in their language you're using the reading side of it you're following directions whether it's auditory from a video or whether it's on the screen where you can read it visually. It just depends. If you can find it, you can hook a braille display up to it. You can read the instructions on the display. As long as you're getting some type of feedback to where you can be able to put this together successfully and independently, that's great. Because you're not going to find somebody from Korea to help you put it together right away. Unless you live in that type of neighborhood where it's that diverse. Yet, when it comes down to being um, fluent, that just means the, how it flows out of you in regards to communication. And a lot of polyglots have done episodes of, you know, what's the difference between fluency and proficiency in a foreign language. Yet, the problem is, is that they still go... And they'll still mess up and they'll still say that fluency is the same as proficiency and it's not. Fluency is how it flows out of your mouth when you're speaking to somebody. Not how much of the information in regards to the target language that you know. And I see that a lot and I have to say without a doubt that this is what people get confused about sometimes I want to be fluent no you want to be proficient in the language you want to be able to know the words and the phrases that you want to say to somebody you don't have time to look it up on your phone when you go into a restaurant to order food so you better know what kind of food you like to eat in your regular life and apply that to your language learning life because if you don't, you're going to go to Taiwan or Singapore or somewhere. And you're going to want to speak Mandarin. And if you don't know how to order food in the language, something's wrong. You know, that should have been one of the first things you learned how to do in A1. Is to be able to order food and be able to have a small conversation. Because they're going to ask you the same questions about 20 or 30 times over. So as long as you're prepared to be able to answer those questions in a comfortable manner without feeling like you have to stutter or it's going to be choppy because 
I don't know this and I have gaps in my vocabulary. The more you listen and the more you read and the more you speak, the more you'll be able to understand what the person is saying to you. And if you start learning how to pronounce your consonants, your vowels, find out there's pairs that you have to remember because even like in Russian, they have delat and stelat, you know, to do and have to do, you know. Um, so, you know, I did this, de la yula, you know, I'm doing this, de la yula. So I, you know, it, 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 this is something that people need to know. Yes, if you want to master the language and be that highly proficient in the language, then yes, you're going to be doing nothing but absorbing more and more information, whether it's the news, whether it's newspaper articles, whether it's uh, pamphlets, flyers in the language, whether you're reading autobiographies and memoirs, whether you're reading fiction, nonfiction, the more you absorb, the more you're able to have a variety of conversations that are meaningful to you. Like right now, what I am doing in regards to my Levantine Arabic is that I'm learning different vocabulary words for food right now for the past couple months. And I've been learning how to cook Lebanese cuisine and dessert. And it's come out very well. And what really motivates me to keep going with my Levantine Arabic is the fact that I can cook these different foods and I can share them with my family and friends. And that made me launch my own cooking podcast as a result of that. So for me, that means something. Um, I'm able to get more information because I'm using a different technique in order to be able to learn the language in a, in a much more efficient manner than just your average textbook, your average app, a video, so forth and so on. And, you know, I'm going back to the basics with Memorize, and I'm doing year one of, of Levantine Arabic, and I'm finding that I'm able to maintain more um, uh, vocabulary by doing one level at a time until all nine chapters are done for the first um, year and then I'll go on to the second one until I get them all done. Now, mind you, yes, that's going to take time, but the more I do it, the better I'll get as far as my vocabulary is concerned. And, you know, I'll be able to speak more, express myself more, you know, um, I as a language learner myself and someone that likes to influence people in a positive way, whether you have a disability or not, I feel that you become more proficient with the language the more you dive into the material that you enjoy. And that does help, you know, it helps a lot. And if you continue to speak, you continue to listen to audio material, people say, well, I don't feel comfortable well, you're never going to be understood by someone if you don't hear what how it sounds in the beginning. Don't ever think that learning to listen to how someone speaks in the beginning is a waste of time because it's not a waste of time. A lot of it is you 
being able to successfully um, start to understand what the native speakers are saying. And this doesn't come from a textbook. And yes, I understand there are people that like to go to school and like to go to classes because they're used to that type of structuralized learning style. But as an independent learner that's taught myself multiple languages over the years, I feel personally that this is something that is important. Um, you know, and it's, it's never easy. But, you know, you kind of do what you have to do. And, and that's what matters for the most part. Um, if you really want something bad enough, that's what you'll do. Um, you'll work at it. And you become, the more you, you read and you listen and you speak, the more proficient in the language you get. The more words and phrases you can acquire naturally. You know, don't make it a chore. Make it something that you really enjoy. If you like Harry Potter, find Harry Potter in Arabic. Find it in Hindi. You can find the ebooks on Pottermore.com. P-O-T-T-E-R-M-O-R-E. Dot com. And if you do that, guess what happens? <laughs> you can go to the ebook section and it's right there. $8.99 a book. You know, and I just was lucky I found the Japanese audio books, books 4, 5, 6, and 7 this weekend. And then I found an Italian book of E.O. James Mister in Italian. And so I get to improve my Italian by listening to that book in Italian and I get to listen to the Japanese books and improve my Japanese. You know, I have hours and hours and hours of, of audio material to listen to in Italian and Japanese, French, Dutch, etc. And that helps me acquire more information that I can progress with and become more proficient and you know, understanding what people say and, and how they say it. And, and that's important because when you're having a conversation with someone, you want to be understood and they want to be able to understand you. And if you can talk about a variety of different um, topics, you know, that you would talk about in your daily life. I mean, you don't have to talk about philosophy, religion, politics, medicine, science, and math if you don't want to. You could talk about food, sports, fashion, travel, you know, what book you read, what movie you watched, what TV show you watched. Anything that you would talk about in your native tongue, you want to be able to do the same thing. And if you can be proficient at doing that, that's even better. That is so much better than sitting there and twirling your thumbs trying to figure out, how am I going to do this? Well, you know, if you like listening to Josh Groban, he has songs in Spanish and Italian and French. And I listen to a lot of him and I am able to remember after three times the song, you know, and if it, if it, captures me you know after a little bit I'm able to start singing it naturally because I I went back and looped it on my phone and I just was able to engage with it as much as I could which made me 
want to know more, you know? And you just have to find things and people that you enjoy listening to. Like right now I'm listening to Haifa Weeb on um my phone and she's a Lebanese artist and I have some of her songs and I listen to them and I might listen to them two times, three times and then I start singing them without even realizing that I'm doing it because I've acquired it by just listening. You know, I just did it naturally. And the more you do these things, the more proficient you're going to be at whatever language you want to be proficient at. But understand, it's not going to happen overnight. You're going to have to put the work in. Even if it's 5, 10, 20 minutes a day, it's better than nothing. And I can tell you I work better early in the morning and late at night. And because there's not a lot of people around, there's not a lot of noise around, and I'm able to focus a lot better. So, you know, understand proficiency is the amount of information that you are acquiring through a long period of time. And fluency is how well you're able to speak the language without it being choppy or broken. You might make some mistakes still, but it's it's very few. Especially if you're going to like a mastery level of the language where you want to take the language, go to law school and start teaching it, you know, at a, in an academic environment. So when you start wanting to do that, then that means you're at a C2 level, you know, C2, C1. And, and that, that means something to a lot of people, I have to say, but at the same time, to me personally, I would just rather be able to talk about the things that matter to me personally versus, oh, I want to go into a university study, work as a biology teacher, and talk a whole bunch of scientific techno babble for hours at a time to students. Well, that's great. Whoever wants to do that, more power to you. But I can tell you this right now, I will be bored out of my mind because I am not a science person. I was lucky to get a C in human biology when I was in college, and I was lucky to get a D in physics. So that tells you <laughs> that I wasn't the greatest at science. I was average in math. I took logic and four semesters of Spanish in order to be able to replace my 1060 um, math requirement when I was in community college. Otherwise, I would still be there today trying to figure out math. <laughs> but I'm good at basic math. It's just, you know, algebra, trigonometry, geometry, physics, calculus was not my thing. I'm more language philosophy. I do like economics. I mean, I like talking about money. But it's from a totally different standpoint as opposed to I need to figure this out tomorrow. You know, how do I do my taxes? Oh. <laughs> Now, I'm, I'm more of a language history person, drama person, literature, politics, that sort of thing. Ethics, that sort of thing. I'm not someone that, you know, is scientific like that. And I, you know, I'm lucky to be able to use my iPhone and my iPad. <laughs> so, um, when it comes down to being proficient at anything, whatever the subject matter may be, it takes a lot of time 
and it takes a lot of work and realize it's not going to happen in a day. It's not going to happen in a month or six months. It takes years and it takes a lot of dedication on the part of the learner and understand that when you see these people who say they become, you know, fluent in a month, if you actually believe that, you're nuts. Because it, any normal person would know it takes longer than a month to be able to get proficient in a language. You might be able to learn 500 words in a month or three to 400 words in a month if you, if you do so many words a day. But guess what? Okay, are you going to be able to retain all that? Are you going to be able to utilize all that when you're having a conversation? I don't know. I'm not you. I can tell you right now, yes, I can probably do 20 to 30 words a day. And, you know, I'd probably be able to use half of them. You know, I mean, it just depends on how focused I am, um, you know, and what language it is. And if there's any cognates or any words that are similar to the words that I already know in English. But, you know, when it's brand new vocabulary, it takes me some time to get it. And I don't mind that, but I also don't mind taking my time because I know that's what I have is time. And, you know, the 20s are going to be an interesting decade because I'm taking about two years just for Levantine Arabic. I said if I want to get proficient in Japanese and be just conversational, that's fine too. I have all the time in the world to learn all the languages I want. And my goal pretty much for me personally as a language learner is to be able to speak decent Turkish, Hindi, Levantine Arabic, Cantonese, Thai, and Japanese. And I'm also going to learn my other two heritage languages, Irish and Swahili at a very basic level, probably A1, A2 at the most. But that's not going to be for a while, you know, because I'm focused on Levantine Arabic and Japanese right now. And then I'll re-pick up Turkish, Thai, and Cantonese down the road with some Hindi. And I'm glad that I learned the basics of these languages so I can at least be able to remember how to communicate effectively with somebody. But right now, I'm running more into a lot of Lebanese people, so this is why I want to spend the next two years on Lebanese um, dialect of, of Arabic. And that, you know, I'm very proud of, that I'm able to cook in, in uh, Lebanese desserts and Lebanese food and Lebanese drinks. Um, and I'm being embraced by the Lebanese people. And... and people in the Middle East as a whole, you know, I find Arabic to be a very beautiful language, you know, and I, the, the Arab people to be very beautiful people, you know, whether you hail for Saudi Arabia, Lebanon, um, um, you know, Qatar or, you know, Brunei or Libya or Syria or Iraq or Kuwait or Jordan, you know, Palestine, Israel, uh, you know, Lebanon, it doesn't matter to me. You're, you're all beautiful people. And um, you have beautiful cultures and histories. And that's something that I really enjoy. You know, so when I become proficient in Arabic, just like I became proficient in Russian, 
is because I want to know everything about the people and the culture. And I want to adapt that into my own life because I have um, been the tribe in my bloodline, like 30-40%, and they speak Swahili. So I've always been interested in the Middle East and Africa and Asia ever since I was a teenager. And so that's why I'm connected so much to that side of the world. And Turkey, especially, you know, Istanbul, Law, um, you know, might I been Istanbul, um, to Shektala. Chok in to Shiktala, Bafandum, Ye Hafandum, Ben Americalim, you know, but I will say, um, you know, I speak. You know, um, you know, I'm from America. Um, you know, I speak some Thai. Um, you know, and I actually ordered food in Thai. And I became proficient overnight in basic time because that's what I wanted. I wanted to be able to order food. I wanted to go to a restaurant. I, I ordered some Singapore noodles and they thought that my time was pretty decent even though I need to get back to it. You know, I love cinema because I studied movies in, in college and I have a directing degree in producing screenwriting and I have a degree in theater. So I studied acting and producing when I was in college. And I have to say the whole world of cinema is amazing to me, especially from the Middle East, and I want to see more Middle East directors and producers and writers and actors, you know, be acknowledged. Um, you know, because cinema is a language, just like writing is a language and literature is a language, and it's all language, and it's all connected. Just like food is a language, it bridges people together, brings them together, and that's something that. I have to say, if I could become proficient in Levantine Arabic by talking about my sports and fashion, by talking about politics, by talking about food and and what I did yesterday or a week ago or a month ago or a year ago, you know, or whatever the case is, that makes me much more happier than worrying about what part of the CEFLR score I'm on. You know, because that's just a number. It doesn't really determine, you know, how well I am at speaking the language or not or understanding people. I mean, if I can speak with someone that's from Lebanon and I can understand what they're saying and they speak no lick of English, that tells me that I've mastered the language in my own way. That's my own litmus test. I did the same thing for Spanish. I did the same thing for Russian. And, you know, honestly, the more I absorbed myself and immersed myself into the fabric of the culture and the people and the food and the politics, 
in the language itself, the better I got at it. And, and a lot of it helped me build up my confidence too in regards to speaking it. And I mean, I would just live and eat and breathe Russian for like 5,544 hours. And it got to the point where I was able to listen to Tolstoy in an audio format in Russian and be able to understand War and Peace by Nari Man. Mir. And so I um, really love, you know, Tolstoy and Dostoevsky and Pushkin. And, you know, I, I really enjoy the Metro series and, and listening to people speak in Russian. You know, and I listen to my favorite podcast and in Russian and news programs and, and President Putin and speeches and it got to the point where I was listening to his four hour state of state address one year and this woman was talking about how their town burned down and they had absolutely nothing left and I just start crying because I could finally understand after months and months of listening to nothing but Russian from sun up to sundown, seven days a week, for a whole year, I could actually understand what was being said for the first time in a very long time. And, you know, it was effortless for me. And so, you know, I feel that if you put the time into it, you can pretty much achieve any language goal you have for yourself. You can become as proficient as you want to or not. It just depends on how much time you're willing to put into it. If you put 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, I would say nothing more than 30 minutes in the beginning. And then if you want to increase it by 10 minutes or five minutes each week, do that until you get up to an hour, you know, and just find the things that you like doing and you will see your learning level progress in ways that you never thought it could occur before, you know, and I would advise not to watch all these YouTube videos of all these people who say they've learned in a month, they've learned in 24 hours, they learned in a week. It's a bunch of hogwash because it takes a long time to be able to learn something. Even your own language, it takes a lifetime. You're learning new vocabulary in your own language every day. So don't think that just because these people can speak these languages to a certain degree of proficiency, that they didn't take years to do it because it did. Yes, does it get easier the more languages you learn? Yes, if it's in a similar, um, a similar, uh, language family, then yes, you might be able to pick up more words more, much more quickly because, okay, you learn Russian, then you, Polish is going to be so easy. Ukrainian is going to be easy because there's words that you already know from being able to speak Russian, so forth and so on. Now, it's the same thing with English, you know, Dutch is going to come easy. So is Icelandic and German because they're Germanic languages. And there's a lot of connecting words and phrases that are similar. And then there's false friends where it can be the same word, but in different meaning. Always keep looking up words and what they mean. Try to read in context, whether it's with a braille display, whether it's audio material, whether it's visual, you know, find books that you enjoy like Harry Potter, Hunger Games,
um, you know, the E.L. James series, whatever it is that you like, um, try nonfiction books, try biographies and memoirs, read plays, read plays in the target language because you'll be able to see how people really do speak in real time and that helps. I studied Shakespeare and Ibsen and Brett and Beckett and August Wilson and Lorraine Hansberry, for instance, when I was in school studying theater at Kent State. So, you know, I listened to a lot of Spanish music. Um, Ricky Martin, Shakira, Enrique Iglesias, Santana, Jennifer Lopez as an example. And I still listen to the same music in Spanish. And I watched Telemundo, Univision, and I never spoke a word. I just did a lot of listening, and that's how I was able to understand it a lot better. My speaking came because I forced myself to speak, even though Spanish was not the language of choice. I just did it because I needed it for a degree requirement. But I grew to learn to love the culture, the food, the people, and the music. And that was the part that I enjoyed of Spanish. Not so much, no me gusta hablarlo, que mucho, los compadres aquí, el Latina Americana comunidad, quien que podía hablarlo, con muy mucho confidencia. Um, los compadres. Um, porque está muy importante para ti continuar practicarlo y mucho es posible. Mis amigos y amigas en la poliglota lingua comunidad. Pero me gusta escucharlo, la música influencia artista y artisto en la latina comunidad aquí especialmente aquí en los Estados Unidos latina um, comunidad en el mundo especificado aquí latina americana um, um, suerta americana y México y puertorriqueño y el dominico republico entonces um, porque ahora mismo para mí me gusta hablar otro idiomas, entonces el francés idiomas y el ruso idiomas y italiano idiomas y arabic idioma. Uh, ahora mismo los compadres porque está muy importante para mí hablar es mucho es posible porque Estoy continuando improvemente lo cuando expresamente mi cuando hablan constantino. Well, I do have to say that, yes, that took a long time for me to be able to speak in Spanish like that. But I progressed. For years and years, um, Trevor Train Palais, 
sabra lingua avec moi, mes amis ou la polyglotte lingua communauté. Pour exemple, um, mes amis, j'ai fait improve mon coin. Je suis continué pratiquer, parler cette particular lingua ou la maman mes amis. un particular environment um, mes amis. Um, but you know, Yalu um, Blue Gavavila at Oichin Oichin Zemichatana Jesig Menoga Boye Maye Druzami Stis Shisha i Mira Patamusta Eta Oichin. Zimichatina experience dla minya gavarit etasio fremia i toja prostelenia semnoin druzami kutoa gavarit oichin paruski yezik menonga boye. Patamusta eta oichin vashni yezik dwaminyas nat i panimat i gavarit siofrenya. Mayituriz zami. No tinimini yahachu gavarit. Jurugoi yezuki. Prostolinya, Kayesnaya, Maye Druzan, Stis, Eta Kakritnaya, Audio Podcast, Programma, Esvenicha Stor, Ya Gavarila, Sa, Oichin, Plahoi, Grammatica Stretchatora Sichas, Maye, Jerusalem. No Tinimini Yahachila, Gavarite, Sio, Angliski Yezik, Sichas. But that's just a taste of some of the languages that I speak. Shukran Afwan Sabe, Han Amerika. U Lebanon. U Middle East. Ana Bekye. Arabia Sue Dubiti Sabe Saba El Nur Sabe Han 
de Amerika Jong. Ismay Chanel. Han bij Akron, Ohio. Bij Amerika Jong. Anna men Amerika. U Beke Erbi Swe. De Witi Sabe. U Shukran Afan Sabe. U Mesalame. Thank you, everybody. I hope everyone got a lot out of this podcast episode about proficiency and fluency in language learning and my thoughts on the matter. I hope you can understand my Lebedine Arabic, my Russian, my Spanish, and my French. Um, you know, Bahut, Bahut, Achat, Denivat, Mira, Dostehe. Miranam Chanel. Namaste. Miradostehe. If you want to subscribe, download, share this podcast episode with anybody who enjoys language learning, go to Anchor. Apple Podcasts, Google Play Store, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Radio Public, AudioCast, RadioCast, and anywhere where you can download podcasts like Chanel's Language Learning Journey Podcast. I hope to see everybody in the next episode. Please rate and review the podcast. It helps people find it. Thank you so much. And I'll see you guys in the next episode of the podcast. Me salame.